Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on March 7th, 2022 at South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the week ahead, including what's happening at the State House and former President Donald Trump's visit to the Palmetto State. In business, we hear from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell about how geopolitical issues are adding to an already wobbly economy with high inflation, low unemployment, and a supply chain still recovering. And in medical, we hear from two state health officials on the dramatic increase in opioid deaths. Also, breaking news. Y'all ready for this? We have a live taping planned for April 7th in the Midlands region. We're working to get a Sumter location confirmed, and we'll give you all the details when that happens. But right now, we want to give you a heads up a month out to get it on your calendars April 7th, lead live taping. That's right, folks. We are back on the road. We'll see you out there. Speaking of seeing you, we want to hear from you. And the way we can hear from you is if you call us at 803-563-7169. It's too late for you to be asking me, oh, can you come to Myrtle Beach, Gavin? Can you come to Marlboro? Can you come to Jasper? All in due time, good leaders. But right now we're going to Sumter. You can talk to me about that. You can talk to me about anything you want to at 803-563-7169. Just leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what you want to talk about. We're listeners here and doers and leaders and lovers. Now for the latest in South Carolina. The spread of COVID-19 is medium to low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. There have been 17,186 total deaths, and currently there are 1,463,842 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of March 7th at 4 p.m. We've had five weeks of declining deaths, 26 reported last week, and seven weeks of declining cases, with 2,414 for the week ending March 5th. Our current percent positive is 2%. There are 398 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 90 are in intensive care, and 41 are in ventilators. Currently, 53.6% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Our politics section is a little small. That's okay. We've had big ones recently, so we can take a little breather. You know, it's how do you use it? So let's take a look at this week in the State House. In the House, it's a bit of a calm before the budget storm that will hit next Monday, though there will be another hearing on the five bills related to critical race theory this week on Tuesday. This after five hours of testimony last week during the committee's second meeting on the bills. While the hearings continue, Time is ticking down towards sine die in early May. Tick-tock, Mr. Wick. And just some more state of play for you. Right now, there's budget week next week in the House. Crossover day is April 7th. That's if a bill hasn't passed one chamber and crossed over to the next. It's likely not going to make it this year. And then there's also at least a week-long furlough for spring break coming up as well. So put all that in perspective when we're talking about some controversial bills like CRT. Also this week... The House Judiciary has a hefty agenda, including one controversial bill, H-4776, that would allow for the controversial, ineffective, and dangerous practice of conversion therapy. Now, this is similar to S-811, which is stuck in the Senate Medical Affairs Committee that we talked about in our last pod. 
In the Senate, the Convention of States Bill, H-3205, is set for special order, which means it will be the focus of debate on the floor over the next few days. The bill, if passed into law, would make South Carolina the 18th state to call for a convention of states, which is limited to the proposal of constitutional amendments that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and even term limits for Congress. Now, a convention requires the approval of two-thirds of state legislatures, and despite language that limits what amendments could be proposed, Democrats worry of unintended consequences such a convention would have. Any amendment would require the approval of three-fourths of state legislatures or 38 states. And the Senate Finance Committee will take up its $2 billion tax cut and rebate plan, as well as bills dealing with capital reserves. Money. And of course, a reminder, former President Donald Trump will visit the Florence Regional Airport on Saturday to rally for his primary candidates in the state, including State Representative Russell Fry, who's challenging Congressman Tom Rice in the 7th Congressional District, and former State Representative Katie Arrington, who's challenging 1st Congressional District Congresswoman Nancy Mays. Also, Governor Henry McMaster, who was the first statewide elected official to endorse Trump back in 2016, will be on stage with Trump. You might remember he was here to deliver the nomination for McMaster back in 2018 when he was being challenged in a Republican primary. But there's no such need for that this year. The national average for a gallon of gas is now $4.06. That's a level we haven't seen since July 2008. Oh, the Great Recession days. Still in college. Yeah, I was. In South Carolina, the average gallon of gas is only $3.88. That's 18 cents cheaper than the national average and lower than most of our neighboring states, according to AAA. So while the nation has seen 2008-era gas prices and ours continue to creep, we're still below our record, $4.12 a gallon, set back in September 2008. AAA noted that the International Energy Agency, IEA, announced a coordinated release of crude oil from its 31-member countries' strategic reserves, including the United States, to help counter the impact of rising crude prices. On Friday, IEA said member states committed to releasing a total of 61.7 million barrels from their strategic reserves to stabilize markets, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This amount, half of which is expected to come from the United States, is the largest coordinated release since IEA was founded in 1974. Even with that announcement, Brett crude, the international benchmark, briefly hit $139 a barrel. That came after Secretary of State Antony Blinken said on Meet the Press on Sunday that the United States and European allies are exploring banning imports of Russian oil, and the White House is coordinating with Congress, which is moving forward with its own ban. Meanwhile, domestic oil producers haven't signaled they are increasing their output. Domestic producers cite tight labor markets, equipment costs, demands from investors for higher dividends and stock buybacks, as well as a policy environment that is moving away from fossil fuels to combat global warming. These are just some of the factors these companies are weighing as they sit tight. Reuters noted that the United States imported more than 20.4 million barrels of crude and refined products a month on average in 2021 from Russia. That's about 8% of the United States' liquid fuel imports, according to the Energy Information Administration. Russia makes up about 3% of our imports, whereas Canada makes up 61%. Oh, Canada. Moving on, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell was before House and Senate committees last week talking about increasing interest rates, increasing geopolitical uncertainty due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, 
and ongoing labor and supply chain issues, among others. Powell noted that he supports a 0.25% increase in rates at next week's Federal Open Market Committee meeting, part of a series of hikes this year. Powell also discussed oil prices when asked by members of the House Financial Services Committee. Here he is. It, it, obviously, the, the price of oil depends on uh, events that haven't occurred yet. It really depends on where this goes going forward. We have seen prices move up, uh, including just in the last couple of days. And they moved up quite substantially since, if you go back three months before this incident kind of began, prices are up quite a bit. The effects are going to be passed through into gas prices, into lower economic activity, and into uh, inflation, headline inflation. And, you know, the, the larger the increase, the more, the larger the effect. But the question then will become, that's a price level change. Is that going to lead to repeated inflation increases at that time? And that, that is... Uh, not necessarily the case, and of course we will use our tools to make sure that it's not the case. Powell also discussed the direct and indirect effects of recent sanctions against Russia. Uh, you know, our, the United States, our financial institutions and our economy do not have large interactions with the Russian economy. It, it's a relatively small thing, and it's gotten smaller and smaller in recent years. So I, there wouldn't be, you know, direct effects from these kind of things on the U.S. economy. It's hard to think what the second order effects might be. And that low exposure to Russia also carries over to South Carolina's $40 billion public employee pension fund. The Post and Courier reported that there was a $29 million holding of the Morgan Stanley Capital International Fund that had some Russian holdings that Morgan Stanley is now unwinding. Other state investments include another fund for emerging markets debt, which included $700,000 of Russian debt that the state has. That also will soon be unloaded. Now, all that will remain in the state's pension portfolio will be some $3.4 million in Russian real estate, which is a very small portion of the state's $4 billion real estate portfolio. So even with lawmakers looking to outlaw such Russian investments, the Retirement System Investment Commission is already on board. South Carolina has seen a steady increase of drug overdose deaths since 2013, fueled by prescription drugs, opioids, and the increase of the synthetic opioid fentanyl. DHEC's annual drug overdose report found that from 2018 to 2019, overdose deaths only increased by 2.5%, a sign of plateauing perhaps thanks to increased protection measures, naloxone availability, outreach, and efforts to combat the opioid epidemic. However, the hopes of maintaining that level or decreasing were wiped out in DHEC's latest report that found drug overdose deaths jumped 59% from 2019 to 2020. So again, 2018 to 2019, it was only increased by 2.5%. 2019 to 2020, we saw a 59% jump. That's confirming the worries and anecdotes of just how bad the first year of the pandemic in 2020 was for drug overdose deaths. Sarah Goldsby, executive director of the state's Department of Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse Services, spoke to reporters last week, along with public health director Dr. Brandon Traxler, about the 1,734 deaths in 2020 and what is fueling this. You know, first of all, you know, we talk to our partners at SLED every day. We talk to our partners in public safety and law enforcement constantly. 
And I think we are all in agreement that there is a supply side of, to this and there is a demand side to this. The reason our numbers are increasing is largely related to illicit fentanyl, this very deadly substance. The supply of that substance into our state, into the United States, has grown so dramatically and so quickly that we've really just been inundated. Um, and so that is is certainly a contributing factor to the numbers that we're seeing and the loss that we're experiencing. Second to that is, is really the work that we have to do to help everybody understand what the science says is effective in treating this disorder. And medication-assisted treatment and the therapies to address opioid use disorder have been tried and true, have been evidenced to success for decades. You know, and, and I think we have a lot of work to do in our medical community, our healthcare providers, and in the general public to help everybody understand what we know works, that there is a treatment for this disorder, and, and so that we can get folks to the appropriate level of care. Back in 2017, Governor McMaster declared a public health emergency over the opioid epidemic and created an emergency response team led by Diotis and SLED. In June 2018, McMaster announced the Opioid Emergency Response Plan that has four focus areas to address the opioid problem, including education and communication, prevention and response, treatment and recovery, and coordinated law enforcement strategies. Dr. Traxer said that DHEC works with local first responders to train on administering naloxone, which can revive opioid drug users who are overdosing. We're also working with local public safety and health agencies to support use of a high-intensity drug trafficking area overdose map program that helps detect suspected overdose outbreaks in near real time and allows first responders to mobilize resources quickly. DHEC has secured a grant from the National Association of County and City Health Officials for outreach uh, work in the upstate region and communities with high impacts from overdoses, particularly those involving fentanyl. These upstate communities were selected for this small competitive grant because they are rural, disproportionately affected by opioid and substance abuse, and in need of more resources when compared to other South Carolina communities. DHEC is working with hospitals across the state to have them provide us with urine samples from individuals suspected of overdoses. Our public health laboratories tests these de-identified uh, samples for fentanyl compounds and shares that information back with the partnering hospitals. This biosurveillance helps our toxicology lab monitor for increases in fentanyl overdoses within specific communities. There are 80 community organization distributors of naloxone, and it is also available over-the-counter at pharmacies. Medical counseling is also available with financial assistance in nearly every county in the state. You can find out more information and find resources at JustPlainKillers.com and EmbraceRecoverySC.com. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and of course, we want to hear your stories as well. That's why we have a phone number set up, a voicemail box set up, 803-563-7169. We'd love hearing from you guys. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on. Uh, AT, it's my understanding that this is our uh, last call in the hopper for the time being. Scraping the bottom. Yep, that's the that that sound was, effect. That, that was me. That, that, that wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> Gavin. That was the hopper. Ooh. Hell, hell, hopper. 
Hopper talks. Hopper's like, I just need some water. Gavin's been doing, he's been workshopping a lot of Hopper voices recently. Yeah, a lot, I had a long weekend workshopping a lot of different things. Uh, please is, let me know what you think about this one. <laughs> Gavin's got, he, this is all work he does for you guys too. Okay? Um, and then now I'm going to be um, a leaf that is just coming to life in spring. In the Hopper. There you go. Yeah. I, you're really putting yourself out there, getting really vulnerable. I am, you know, yeah. and that's what the hoppers, that's what the white down's all about. It's just, you know, checking out, having fun, expressing some vulnerabilities, talking through things, and that's why we're here for you. Oh, of course. We, oh, there's another leaf. <laughs> But yes, Gavin. Spring is here. You're going to hear a lot of that all over. Oh, I mean, it's like I'm outside right now. I, my eyes are tearing. I don't know if I'm crying from your beautiful depiction or the pollen. I mean. I do give up pollen when I do this. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not just Your sound. method. We all know that. And scene. So I have notes. But uh, before we get to those notes, let's get to this call, huh? Yeah. Let ha- well, yeah. Let's go ahead. <laughs> okay. That's why we're here, right? I think so. That's why we created the number. Okay. Uh, can you give them the number one more time? Yeah. Gavin? 803-563-7169. Okay. Good. Well, let's go ahead and get this call, okay? Okay. <laughs> I like that one. That was not a good one. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi, Gavin. Hi, AG. This is Erin from Myrtle Beach. Just calling to check in and leave you a quick message. First of all, thank you for all the good work you guys do. I continue to listen to your podcast, and I really enjoy it. Secondly, agree with you. I am ready for this coronavirus pandemic to not be a pandemic. Uh, maybe endemic, maybe waxing and waning. I agree with the DHEC decision to back off and just report data weekly. Um, and as the time passes, we will see whether this is going to be a seasonal um, illness and be able to just react accordingly. Next, I do fall on the no for ranch and crocs both, but I don't hate them. I don't despise them. I just would rather wear different shoes, and I would rather have other condiments, just like you. Um, AT, I like tzatziki, hummus. I will dip my pizza crust in um, oil and vinegar or even in Caesar dressing. I do enjoy that, but I wouldn't, like, pour it on my actual pizza. Lastly, um, State Park Talk, uh, actually, AT, if I'm not mistaken, I think Congaree is a national park. So you've been to the only national park in South Carolina, which means you might be more like your sister-in-law's family than what you thought. Good job. We had the opportunity to go to Bryce Canyon last year, and that was spectacular. So if you're going on a big trip, I have to recommend that one. All right, guys. Um, thank you again. Have a good night. Bye. Hey, Aaron from Myrtle Beach. Thank you for calling. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from the Grand Strand. Folks out there, give us a call like Aaron did. We appreciate her and everyone out there. we we got to get out there. We've been trying to get out there. we got to do spring break. I want to do a spring break Myrtle show out Beach. there. Gosh. We've been saying that for about three years. Years, years. Three years now. Um, and we completely agree with the crust and the olive and, the oil and vinegar. I'm assuming it's olive oil because... Why not? It's I mean, it's got to be. The best. Even even the the Caesar dressing, that's a great call, yeah. too. That's yeah. that's a very flavorful thing that's complimentary to Italian food. I mean, I can have a whole dinner just be a baguette, olive oil, salt and pepper, and I'm just like living oh, my yeah. best life. That's good. That's like that's mama really mia. Like, oof. Give but, me some you know, flake salt in there. Oof. That's Maybe that. even some, you know, some... Uh, different, uh, you know, aromatics. Aromatics, yeah. of course, Got, and maybe even course. some red, red chili pepper. Yeah, chili pepper, definitely. Listen, listen to Gavin. He's he's a real uh, 
uh, Epicurean. A... Oh, yes. <laughs> Talk about luxury with bread. Uh, definitely artisanal bread. Artisanal. By a bread artesian. And uh, mm-hmm. I want to make bread. I've made bread. It sounds really complicated with the flour and the water, you know? It two, gets two it, very difficult ingredients. It than can yeast. get complicated <laughs> if you start to get into percent hydration. Okay. But if you don't and you just want to make bread with a nice dough, it's sure. not that hard. I, I was kind of joking because it's not that hard. I just never, I don't, I've never done, I don't have the workspace to really get it going, you know what I mean? You don't have a lot of counter space. I don't. No. And you um, got like five or six uh, air fryers on them. Yeah. <laughs> They're always running. <laughs> And then one breaks down, and you gotta like, turn the other one off. I mean, it's just constantly air frying. <laughs> I'm always dehydrating. You things. always have one in the shop, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then with the supply chain, I mean, my God. Oh, like, I'm glad chain. I have them. Yeah, <laughs> supply chain in Ukraine, I mean, these things. I mean, it takes a rent. long time to really dehydrate the products that I'm dehydrating to mm-hmm. fry them. Name one will. product venison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of deer meat is going on. Okay, Gavin. My house smells. You've smelled it before. You know, oh, it smells it's like a very gamey. It smells like a game preserve. Yeah, it's good. But uh, yeah, you have it's... you have hides and pelts everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's my cross to bear. Yeah, that's just you. That's but part you've of your never lifestyle. complained about any of the, the pelts I've given you or the jerky. <laughs> they keep me warm in the in the harsh cold winter in South Carolina. So I don't. I use do appreciate heat. it. I wear pelts. <laughs> I never turn it on. No. Uh-uh. I got pelts. Only suckers do. Yeah. Okay? You're not going to get me Dominion. Okay, Gavin. <laughs> okay, serious. I have something to tell you about this weekend, all right? First of all, my phone reminded me that last night was two years ago, the last time I went out to dinner before all the whole COVID shutdown, mm. which was jarring because I, I, I vividly remember there were like... No one understood COVID or anything. And there was a guy sitting yeah. at the bar next to Caitlin and I with a bottle of Purell in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to that anniversary now. Yep. Uh, but also, while working on another podcast, sorry, I'm I'm coming clean here to you. Okay? I'm working on another podcast. I've, I've, I've seen telltale signs. <laughs> <laughs> Can't explain where you were. Lipstick, lipstick on the collar. So yeah. Lipstick. <laughs> um, but so while working on another Mic one. cords. I was, XLR uh, cables. I was at a show recording an interview. Mm-hmm. And um, who walks up but intern Josh. Aww. And I interrupted the interview and I said, that's my intern. God I gave bless. him a hug. It was great. Yes. I saw him and I said, hey, if you ever see any great news, why don't you call in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Why don't you call in, Josh? But yeah, I had a, a, a little easy weekend myself. I, I toiled. I chored you did, all weekend. Yeah, you had like a uh, servitude. Yes, weekend. I'm building tables. I'm woodworking. Yeah, so I, masculine. I'm just not that guy, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I'm just, that's not my whole deal. And I get covered in sawdust. It's called exposure therapy. Uh, They're trying to make you that and way I, by doing it. I can't it. stand it. But we're building these tables for Craft and Draft. They are mm-hmm. going to be beautiful 300 pound tables. Yes, because Caitlin chose the style and they are French country tables Mm -hmm. and they're made with uh, big blocky things that weigh 100 pounds each. Can we just you know move on from one controversial topic of ranch to another controversial topic? Hit hit it. it. Yeah let's go. We were just talking about this for a while now too because of your recent denim journey. Yes I'm wearing jeans right now and I do wish they were shorts. I'm sweating a little bit. Yeah well it's that time of year. I mean people were out wearing jeans this weekend and I was out uh, Steel Hands Brewery, and it's like, what are you doing wearing jeans, folks? It is sunny it's, and 70 plus. Put yeah. the shorts on, baby. Yeah, but no hoodies you, here. Gavin, you have Food a gripe. Season's over. You have a gripe. Yeah, I'm confused about what jeans to wear now, what I'm allowed to wear. 
because uh, you, you know, were you were giving me suggestions on types of jeans to wear, but now you're questioning it's, yourself. It's the color, it's the cut. You know, I, I've worn them out before, and luckily I don't have to make that decision anymore because it's warm again. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have like darker jeans, and then every time I wore them out, I was like, "Oh, are these are these out of style?" You're, you're, I dark? think you're talking specifically about the, the Gen Z jeans too, yeah, right? Because they're affecting that. That's the, all these ripple effects as a result of these Gen Z jeans because. What people are wearing, we like a well, I guess women jeans. more because we like these a, men aren't wearing these jeans. We, no, they are. are they, they definitely are. They're but, not wearing the mom jeans. No, they aren't. But, but they, they're wearing the mom colored jeans. And the, looser fit jeans. So, and we've already been through that phase in our lives. I don't need to go we through that again. We left those pants in 94. Yeah. For a reason. Okay? I remember taking a stand in 94 when I was eight years old. You were the champion. Right you, before <laughs> Old Navy came out with a huge carpenter jean push yep. when I was in eighth grade. We all needed to carry those hammers around. And, uh, you know, polar fleece. That that was big too with Old Navy. You had your polar fleece and you had your carpenter jeans, and you could pretty much go anywhere and look acceptable. Oh, I have a, and a note. lot of people still carry that on to this day. I have a note in my phone here to ask you about this year's Old Navy shirt. Have you bought it yet? Like, <laughs> it's not ready yet, but we are getting to that time of year when I get to purchase my Old Navy flag tee. Okay. And tank top. I got both. Yeah, you I need mean, them. Yeah, how else would people know I'm a patriot if I'm not wearing a flag tee? Legalized freedom. I love wearing it to the gym. Everyone has like their fancy, like athletic wear and all the cool stuff, and everything's always wicking. You have a three dollars shirt. (laughs) Check out this old navy shirt, baby. That's right. These colors don't run. No, not if you tried. I've tried to wash them, and they don't run. Anyway, Gavin, I hope your weekend was good. Say goodbye to these people. Have a nice weekend. My weekend was good. Have Have a nice week, everyone. Yes, good, good, good talk, everyone. (laughs) Tell us about your jean conundrums, especially the mom jeans. We're super confused about how those how those work. Who's looking to wear those? That aesthetic in general is just very confusing. I mean, that's what we were supposed to talk about there. Let us know. You can share that with 803-563-7169. That's our voicemail box where you leave your name, message, where you're calling from. We love hearing from you guys, just like Aaron. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. We love seeing those as well. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Welcome back. Here's some Mountain Dew. Now go to work.